1: me too. What's up everybody? I'm Michael Govia, that's Benjamin Chase. This is what is known as the Prospects Power Half Hour. We finished our series every team in Major League Baseball, all the farm systems we talked about the next big 3 for every team. 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. If you missed any of those, go back in time and please check them out on our YouTube channel or your preferred podcast platform. Then, now we're just going to talk about Dynasty baseball, prospect action I mean, who's on the brink We had big news, Jordan Walker was set down yep. By St. Louis He is no longer available For the Cardinals for at least the time being uh, How do you read this? I mean, do you think it was a rash move? He was hitting 274 But over his last few games He was really cold But it was, just, it was only like 8 or 9 games it wasn't the whole point to let this guy figure it out Break this down for
2: me, Jordan Walker So, with Walker, I think what you're running into is no matter what, where he's at, the Cardinals want him to play every day. And when it came down to it, the way he was producing, I mean, he went through the league once, was on fire. The book has come out a little bit now. So, I mean, if you take this as a guy who comes up in September and just lights the world on fire or vice versa, it stinks it up in September usually there's an adjustment to be made after that. Well, it looks like the league had made an adjustment to Walker and he wasn't quickly responding to that. Now, I think if the Cardinals weren't kind of a flaming pile of poo right now, um, they might have a better, be a little more willing to let him work through that. But right now, they need so much help and they just, they can't, let him work it out. I mean, they just, they can't, they don't have the time to let him figure this stuff out at the major league level. And so that makes perfect sense that they want to make sure he's getting every day at bats and he's going to end up going down to, you know, the, he's going to end up going down to the minor leagues. He'll probably put up some absurd numbers in triple a because, you know, triple a, the ball just bounces really well. Um, so he's going to probably look crazy good. there. The question is going to be, what do they send him down with directive to do? Because I can't imagine he's going down there just saying, you know what? You need to take a couple weeks down in AAA, have a good time. It's He's going down to AAA with, okay, Jordan, we've seen this and this and this that pitchers are doing to you now and getting you out. You need to make an Mm -hmm. adjustment on those three things and start to work on these approaching each plate appearance this particular way. But we're gonna let you go down to AAA to do that, so you can get everyday time while you're working on that stuff. So, I would imagine that's what he's heading down with. I just, yeah, I I, I think Joe's got it nailed right there with his comment. But, um,
1: stop hitting yeah. the ball on the ground. Jordan says Joe Hook. Uh, shout out to Joe who was uh, Joe Hook. Joe Lowry was on our show recently, show. but he is available you to talk to in our Discord. Which is just free. Make sure you jump in our Discord yeah. to get a chance. 2Ls2Zs two two at the top of our Twitter feed is how you find the link or you can find it here in the description for the video. It's in every description. Also, Chad has a comment, Ben. Got a fun stat about one of Ben's favorite prospects. Matt Mervis just hit a home run 1.33 feet off the ground.
2: <laughs>
1: is uh, Chad against Matt Mervis? Did I, I don't know this. I'm no, I not aware but, of the lore.
2: Well, I think it's just Mervis is doing ridiculous things and able to make contact with anything and put power to it right now, which one Mm -hmm. of the things that everyone was noticing was, you know, he's got a really disciplined eye and he's able to kind of spit on the bad pitches and then use his power on the good ones. Well, that, yeah, he's still doing that. But now this year, even on, you know, he was kind of hitting all the things you would expect a guy to drive and driving them well. Now he's kind of driving everything. Um I mean he gets a ball that's out and away from him, and instead of doing you know what a strong hitter will do, which is kind of poke that thing into the opposite field, he's driving it into the opposite field. So I mean I'm sorry, but I cannot imagine a, a world where what Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer are doing currently holds down Matt Mervis for that much longer.
1: Yeah, Hosmer hit a dong today, his second of the year, I believe. As Chad says, with the Cubs being decent, it's got to be weeks, not months, for Mervis to finally get the call. Uh, ben, do we uh, have anything we could express related to service time manipulation, or is it just a matter of, well, we signed Nancini and Hosmer, and David Ross has a clubhouse vibe that he likes to keep, so we can't force the issue. we got to wait a little bit longer.
2: I, I think you're beyond that at this point. I think you started the season and it made sense if with kind of the kind of the crazy put together team that they have, because it is kind of a hob job of a whole lot of things that I mean none of these guys are really long term with anybody. It's not, you know, I, I often use Braves examples, but with the Braves bringing in Sean Murphy, you're essentially replacing one piece on that entire core of a team with a really talented player. It's not going to be very hard for that team to then adjust and bring him in. The Cubs are a whole lot of pieces that have never really fit in the same place together before. And so it, it made a lot of sense to have guys like Hosmer and Mancini on the team to start the year because you have that veteran presence that can maybe kind of go out, do it the right way, so to speak. But there's a point where they're just not producing. And uh, yeah. So I mean, you you, you got to bring in eventually. You got to have the best players on. And right now, I don't know that the best twenty five players that are kind of at the major league level or close to major league level are currently in Chicago. So, Ooh. I mean, okay. It, and a big well, one is obviously Mervis, but yeah, that's yeah.
1: Uh, if you had to get, if you, you know, let's have some fun three weeks does he come up before
2: June 1st I think he's absolutely up before uh, Memorial Day it's just a matter of where in that month of May I mean how long do you go to give up I mean the Cubs are actually competing and a lot of it's because the Cardinals aren't doing anything a lot of it's because Corbin Burns hasn't done anything as kind of that frontline guy for the Brewers and the Pirates holy crap what the heck happened to them um so I mean they're right now. They're yeah, looking at the pirates in that division, but I mean, if you crush the
1: Dodgers today,
2: yeah. I mean, if you're if you're a Cubs, you should you should think, well, geez, the team ahead of us right now was projected to lose 100 games, so there's probably a correction coming there, and maybe we got a chance. And so I can't imagine they're going to stick with a guy that's not performing for that much longer. Chad made that comment that you know with them being decent. You can't imagine it's going to be a long time i I would be really really surprised if he's still doing what he's doing if it's if he's still down in the minors at Memorial Day there's just I don't see that at all,
1: yeah, I bet on that I even picked him up in my main event I spent thirty two bucks on him in fab last weekend to say, all right, this has gotta happen sooner or later. I don't like to stash too many players because it's only a seven yeah. player bench but and I also had a big hole at first base. I lost Seth Brown early, so if you're thinking like that, it's probably going to get more expensive now because the Mervis we're going to move into May here. You know, it's going to
0: it's gonna be, May. Gonna be May.
1: So you got to prepare for more adjustments. We just saw Tanner Bebe come up for Cleveland after I got misdirected by the. Connor Pilkington news. It looked like he was going to come up suddenly (laughs) when we thought it was going to be BB. And I was like, I wrote my article on Tuesday, Ben, under the assumption that BB. I just I went into a hole. When I do my article, I try to check in because it comes out on Wednesday morning, and I write it on Tuesday, and then I'll try to check in on the morning of Wednesday right before we publish to see. All right, did something happen that I want to add to this? Because it's a it's a roundup looking around the league, and (laughs) I thought. I wasn't aware that Tanner Beebe had gotten the call after all, and I had to slide that in there after I published it at about 11.30. Because like, oh, crap, I don't want to miss that because he's definitely someone worth talking about. And Lo and behold, he went out and dominated the Rockies in a getaway game. It was not at Coors. It was in Cleveland. Coors. I wonder if things would have been different if it was in uh, Coors Field or not. But either way, Tanner Beebe, what's your take on him? How do we – also, how do we break down – because I don't think there's a clear answer here. I'll be curious to see what you say. But yeah. when you got Logan Allen that came up over the weekend and Tanner Beebe looked great, Tristan McKenzie is going to throw his first bullpen this weekend. He's on the mend. What do you do here? If you spend a bunch of money, you might get burned in redraft. Obviously, in
2: Dynasty, that, these are great players. but it, it, In redraft, this is kind of the risk part of things. Um, because all that said the best pitcher in Cleveland's minor league system so far is a guy who's repeating double-A and it might have some of the best views of the entire year so far outside of watching Mason Miller throw 102 um, in the minor leagues. He, Gavin Williams has been absolutely dominating in double-A should get the call to triple-A real soon. So they haven't even called up probably their best minor league pitcher yet. And they've got two dominant starts out of the guys that they have called up. That's, That's the depth that Cleveland has. Oh, and never mind that Daniel Espino, the only guy who struck out 40% of hitters over the last three years, hasn't tossed a pitch and probably won't until midseason, and they can still absorb that because of the depth they have. Um, Bibby is just a perfect example of what Cleveland does. He's a guy who threw low 90s in college, hit every single target. I mean, could pick the eyeball off of a dime. And then he's, now he's going to, uh, now he gets into that Cleveland system. And they start to develop him. Yeah, there you go. Gavin's gotten his call up already. I, I had a feeling that was coming soon. I just must have missed that news, but still. Um, anyway, he's, so baby has got a, a guy who, he now touches 99. He was a low 90s guy when he got, got the draft. Cleveland takes these guys that really can locate. And have a little bit more left in their arm, and they do an amazing job of scouting that pitcher, and they bring him into their system. They add up three, four ticks of Elo, and they really push on developing developing the spin and the shape of each pitch. And those guys suddenly go from kind of that also ran college pitcher that yeah he put up a three fifty in college ERA and maybe he didn't walk anybody, but he really didn't strike out a lot of people. And all of a sudden that guy is dominating hitters all the way up until he hits to the majors. And that's what they just, they just have that formula. And Bibby is the perfect example of that kind of that Shane Bieber mold. Um, and I mean it's just amazing that they keep being able to do this, but they obviously, they have that system set up so well from bottom to top that it's producing. Um, and I put out a piece on Rotoballer that actually went live this morning, uh, asking if if this is really the year of the of the rookie pitcher, but specifically identified rookie pitchers that debuted this year. I mean, so you're kind of you're taking out a guy like Hunter Brown. Uh, last year would have would have not included uh, Spencer Strider because he had uh, debuted the year before, but specifically that have debuted as a starter and having success in that same season. That's you might get one or two guys like that each year so far the talent we've seen debut in the major leagues of guys who made their first major league start and are likely going to stick in the rotation for a little while guys like mason miller grayson rodriguez is another one in there obviously you have kind of the outlier situation of kode senga but you know he's another one who's made his major league debut this year he's going to stick in the rotation all season that's quite a class. If you think about building your team, most of the time you try to stay away from rookie pitchers. And right now, those kind of guys might be on a lot of championship ball clubs as we get to the end of the uh, fantasy season. Um, But, yeah, yeah it, it, it's been fun to watch. These guys have always had the talent. Logan Allen, you know, the, about the toughest thing going against him was having people mistake him for the other Logan Allen. That was really the only thing slowing him <laughs> down is – yeah, kept thinking he was a a slow ball throwing lefty. Instead, he's he's got a little jump to his stuff, and he's got a really nice looking uh, pair of breaking balls. He's just he's they just like I said, they just produce those guys. They could just develop them and produce them.
1: Well, Gavin Williams did debut yesterday, and he had a nice outing, Triple A. So now if he's inching closer to reality again, <laughs> that just throws another monkey in the wrench here. Yeah, wait another they, wrench in the. A monkey something. wrench, something about a wrench in the situation. Either way, if you've got chaotic. monkeys
2: doing your plumbing, you, you got problems.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. That I mean, that is a real deal. I don't yeah. want, I don't want to dismiss Gavin Williams and Tanner. If Tanner Bebe got the start here and then he sticks around and then Gavin Williams is behind him. I mean, it seems strange, but there's no pecking order necessarily. So no, I say get in where you fit in, take the risks you can take. Don't oversell. I mean, a guy like Tanner Beebe could be gone. He could be back down in the minors. He really could. So you just got to take that risk and expect if what Ben says is true here, if you trust what Ben says, and I do, and everybody should because he knows what he's doing, there's, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, I didn't blow my wad on Taj Bradley. And now here's Tanner Beebe. So there's yeah. going to be another guy. If Gavin Williams comes up, you're going to want to get in on that action. So just think about the context of the season. Even in May, if your team sucks in redraft, even in May, go easy. Take your time because it's going to
0: be May. It's going to be May, yeah,
1: exactly. and you can still come back and win your league this year. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, all right, well, so what else, uh, what else is going on around the world of Dynasty Baseball and Prospects that we haven't talked about here, Ben?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, season has started, so you're starting to get some of these, these guys that have already shown out. Uh, you have guys like Matthew Libertor, who we've known of for a while. And he's doing something different this year. And it's led to him being right now the second he's he's had the mo the second most strikeouts of any minor league pitcher right now to this point. Um, and that's only because Andrew Andrew Abbott exists. Andrew Abbott went from a guy who really needed to work on his control when the Reds drafted him. And m- a lot of people thought, yeah, this is probably a bullpen guy, but always had just filthy raw stuff. And then they put, they bring him into Double A this year, and he's not walking anybody. I mean, he's had one wild pitch, six walks over twenty innings. Abbott has, for a guy who control was the major issue, that's phenomenal. And he's already gotten the promotion to Triple A, and so you've got a lot of these. You know, you're just saying we've got these upper minors arms, and who knows who might be next. Yeah, we've seen a lot of them, but you still have guys like Brandon Fatt. You've got the yeah. studs like Ricky Tiedemann, Yuri Perez, Andrew Painter, who really haven't cut off the schneid all that much this year, and they're still waiting in the wings and very likely going to be seen this year. Um, don't know how much room there's going to be in Los Angeles, but man, Emmett Sheehan has looked amazing so far this year. Uh, I mean, it's just, how do you, what do you do <laughs> with all of these guys? It's it's well, it's going to be something you're going to have someone off the wall and uh you know one guy that i'm thinking could be that type of off the wall guy but someone like Randy Velazquez he's not looked great this year he's striking people out but man he just can't locate where the darn but somebody like that who's in the upper minors for a team like the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or the Braves or somebody is going to get that shot and run with it and do some really fun things in fantasy, I think.
1: Oh, well, by the way, Luis Medina's debut. Are you interested in Medina? Obviously he didn't pitch well in his debut for Oakland against the angels on Wednesday.
2: Outside of that, were you someone who was intrigued by him or not? More in that. I really have always liked him as a multi-inning option out of the bullpen. I don't know if starting is really his long-term best role. Um, I don't know. It, it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how um, how that A's rotation ends up working out. Because uh, one of the guys I mentioned, you know, I do a weekly piece for Rotoballer on just kind of minor leaguers who have done some fun things. And one of the guys I got from the Braves this offseason, off Roy he is he's someone who last year he challenged for the minor league strikeout title for most of the year in kind of a breakout year where he was really doing well. Except he's taking it up another level now. And, you know, with the A's, the A's have a whole lot of guys like Medina, like, you know, Kyle Moeller, like, you know, Ken Waldachuk, like a lot of these guys who, yeah, if they do well, they could be a good four or five type of starter. Salinas' raw stuff is that type that, I don't know if he's ever going to be an ace, but he's that type of guy that could be a really good three into a two. Mason Miller has absolute ace raw stuff. These are guys that they're not going to push. They're not going to stop them if they're ready for a move forward. I mean, Miller got basically a double-A start, a triple-A start, and then he was in the majors. You know, why on that team, why waste the bullets? That's just it. I mean, Uh
1: That's a fair call. There's no doubt about that. Let me go back real quick here. Could you rank these guys real quick, Ben, just for the hell of it? B.B. Allen Miller Bradley fought? Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In 3, 2, 1. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co
2: to shop today. Whew. I mean, just, he's not going to get anywhere near the innings, but I really think Miller is going to give you the best per-start results. He's got really dynamic swing and miss stuff. He's thrown 102, um, you know, but he's got really dynamic swing and miss stuff that the only issue you're going to have is I don't know that he's going to get a lot of wins. A, because his team's terrible, but B because I don't know that they're going to let him go six innings in any start. And it's going to be, a he's going to have to be doing everything right to get five innings. And so yeah. when he's out there, it's going to be a really nice, for your strikeouts for your ratios but i don't know that you're going to get a lot of wins out of him or if your league uses quality starts or innings pitched or whatever factor like that but beyond that bradley to me would be the ne- next guy the rays want him back in the rotation because they sent him down to the minors in order to get him into a a more steady five-day r- rotation and then you he's going to come yeah that's i i kind of I, I wonder how much <laughs> manipulation is involved with that as well. But but either know, way, when he comes back, he's on a really good team. Yeah, he's on a great team. He's going to produce very good numbers. I mean, he's not going to be that elite holy crap numbers, but he's going to produce some really good numbers, and he's going to get you some wins. Plus, he's a guy who's built up innings over the last few years to where no problem is he going to go for 6-7 when he's really on. And so that'll help you as well um then after that quite quite frankly i would probably i could do a little bit of a toss with bibby and alan it's just a matter of who's going to stick there and fox got to be coming soon yeah but i just i don't know you know some of the reason he's coming up is just because they have haven't had great performance out of guys like Ryan Nelson and Drew Jameson the way that they maybe would have wanted, and you have to almost wonder if somebody's either going to the bullpen, which to me that's Jameson's got would be absolutely dynamic in the bullpen. And he did start
1: the year there, technically.
2: Yeah. So I mean, he he would make sense. You know, Tommy Henry. I don't know that that's a bullpen arm. That's kind of a kind of your. He's really a good typical swing man in that. He'll go three for you in the middle of a game, and can start in the fifth spot when somebody needs a break in the rotation. That he perfect guy for that type of a role as a major leaguer. Fought, I think, has a lot of upside, but because they have those other options, if he comes up and he has two three starts that where he struggles, I don't know, is he going to end up having that chance to? Stay in the rotation and take his lumps and kind of learn at the major league level, or are they going to have enough there to where they go, you know what, we're going to give you a chance to go back down to the minors for two, three starts. Yeah. And we're going to let, you know, Brian Nelson and Dre Jamison occupy those two spots in the rotation. But yeah,
1: you, Otani got ripped by two dongs. That hurts. Oh, man. Ouch. Ouch. You said two dogs. Rooker has been on fire.
2: Fun start to the season, or fun start to this start for him, going three perfect, and he had the first two <laughs> legs of the of a cycle after three innings. So, I mean, oh,
1: Donnie did today. That, yeah,
2: that's some someday that would be amazing, just to see him toss a perfect inning or a perfect game or a no hitter and go like four <laughs> for five at the plate. You know, now the cycle. <laughs> I don't know that that would be remarkable, but I mean a double say like a double dong day with. A no hitter? Could you imagine? (laughs) I mean, just, it's just a remarkable thing to consider.
1: But no, Chad, we're not going to talk about Rooker. I'll tell you this now. Rooker is going to be, he's going to be an afterthought by June. I swear. I know how this goes. uh, Brandon Drury last year was able to make it happen all year. Rooker did have some pedigree. I do admit that. But no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not buying it. He's got to prove me wrong otherwise. And, you know, it's wide open in Oakland. So he, he could have all the playing time he wants. But I really, Ben, I want to go back to what, we talked about in the live chat when Joe said Jackson Holiday may be the new number one overall prospect yeah. because he got called up to high A already. Jackson Holiday, who was the draft pick, the top dog last year, or was he too? Was Jones the one? No, I can't he remember. was
2: number one. He got drafted yeah. first, and I mean those two were kind of the everyone knew those were the top two rated guys. It was just a matter of who you preferred. Well, the Orioles preferred Holiday, and boy, you can't argue with the results so far. I mean, he's come in. He's got a lot of maturity to his game, Um, but yet he's also he's working so stinking hard. There were questions as to you know is he going to end up being a guy that has to move to third because the defense at short isn't quite good enough. No, no, he is. He's gobbling everything up defensively. I I just he is going to be a really impressive prospect to watch because. You don't normally see high school kids do this type of stuff right off the bat. You don't normally see a high school kid come out, and I mean he's he's got what forty total, uh, forty total games or so in uh, low A, and now he's going up to getting promoted already. I mean that for a high school kid to ever just get through both A ball levels levels is absolutely amazing but yet here he is he's already in high would anyone really be surprised if he ends up getting some run in august at the double a level i mean he's just he's that advanced nobody has really been able to slow him down that would just be remarkable to me to see him get to the double a level as a high school pick is just yeah it's impressive yeah yeah
1: yeah, I mean, he he just got up to high A. He's played two games at high A, and he'll be there for most of the year, if not all year. But, yeah, double A is a possibility, you would think. Also, yeah. the Orioles and um, Mr. Kierstadt. Kierstadt is playing really well at double A. He's got a 181 WRC+, six home runs yeah. in a small sample size. But I can't believe, first off, I'm shocked that he was at double A. It really felt like he would start at triple A. <laughs> But because I think yeah. what I saw, that, that swing, maybe he needed more reps. That's fair. I'm not inside the organization, but that swing in Arizona, seeing it last fall, he's healthy. And I really think that he might be a factor at the major league level this year for the Orioles later in the year. I really do. If they're yeah. they're 15 and eight, they're in a playoff hunt, and they need a quality bet. They need people who are going to make difference for them. Kierstead could be one of those guys. Someone to think about down the road. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, they've got – They've had some other guys who are really producing so far this year, too. What I love about looking at Kierstead's line so far this year, he is striking out 17% of the time. This is a guy you remember watching him in, in fall league. And when we were talking to Justin Harry Malloy, who's the guy who like has the most holy crap type swing, that was the guy he emit down here. You know, we were talking about yeah. Kierstead because when he does rip it, it's just it's something else to you know listen to the ball come off his bat.
1: And our guy's crushing I, it in the international if, league. He's if,
2: leading the league in batting average. Now, if if he is striking out at less than 20% and doing that, I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be nothing that holds him back. Absolutely nothing that holds him back.
1: But, well, Chad's right. There's a lot of outfielders I think, in their system. It is a problem.
2: Yeah. It is, but, I mean, at some point you just, you got to let the talent play. You got to let the, I mean, if a guy is showing out that much, you can't let the fact that, Hey, we drafted this other guy, you know, in the first round the year before Heston. So he really should get his chance to show him. No, he, you let the best guy play. And that's, you know, the Orioles are kind of in this spot where I don't know that they're necessarily going to challenge for a world series title this year, but they're on that brink of maybe we can make the playoffs. And why waste a bullet sitting down in the minor leagues if that guy could produce for you right now?
1: That division's bonkers. That whole division is good oh. in ALE. So, and the Orioles are right there with everybody. So it's really exciting yeah. to see that. And I thought the Orioles would be better this year. They will be better this year. All right, time is flying by. I got to do another show soon, so we're gonna have to keep it to a half hour. But I did want to ask you about because no. he got sent down, and it was it was not surprising that uh, Mr. Julian got sent down. So the question is, how do we see Julian in a redraft uh, framework this year? Because, you know, Kirilov's going to come back here. I don't believe in Kirilov. I think that wrist is a real problem mm -hmm. still. I don't want to root against him, but I just, I have to see it from Kirilov to believe it. But, you know, with Polacco playing outstanding, it's going to be tough for Julian to find a spot.
2: And that's, that's really what is going to be the issue for him this year. There's the twins, They've got so much health stuff, and now they're giving guys like Joey Gallo reps. And Joey Gallo, there was a stat that somebody popped up that most home runs in the first X amount of games is a twin. And right now, Joey Gallo is putting his name on every single one of those little notches. I mean, he has seven, the home, runs, ben. He has seven home runs. He has seven home runs. Or
1: guys like Nelson he's already, Cruz. Yeah, he said he has seven home runs, and he's already done a stint
2: on the IL this month. <laughs> Yeah, that's – it's. I mean, he's just I, – I said when the Twins signed him that he's going to really like that right field uh, that they have there because it's just perfect for his pull power. Um, he's either going to get a lot of doubles off of that brick in right field or he's going to hit a lot of balls right over to the Kirby Bucket statue when he really gets one going. Um, but he is – he has got legit talent and they have him playing first now too. So you get him as an option at first. You got Kiriloff at first, you got Polanco at second. They brought in guys like, you know, a guy like Farmer that can kind of play all over the place. So he can take some second base defensively when they need it. And then you got Nick Gordon around who does a lot of the same type of things. His bat has got to just be pumping in order for him to have that opportunity. And when he was in the majors, it just, it wasn't, at that level. And I mean it was he did some nice things. He took he forced pitchers to make pitches and he got, you know, showed some some of the power that he has, but I think he he also showed that maybe he needs just a little more time to fully get there.
1: Absolutely. That's well said. That's well said. Uh before I shut it off, quickly on Matthew Liberator, his arrival, any ballpark ideas on where Liberator gets to the majors here?
2: You know, right now, I I don't understand why the Cardinals haven't brought him up at this point. I mean, he he's producing. They've got rotation numbers that aren't, and I I, the, I I really don't have a good answer as to why he is not right <laughs> now in that Cardinals rotation. Because he yep. there's no way he is not one of the five best pitchers that you have in your organization right now. There's just there's just no way. So. Um, but, yeah, he and then our, our boy is going to get up here sooner or, or later. I mean, Justin Henry is just putting up a bonkers season in AAA right now and smacking the heck out of the ball, walking 25% of the time or 20% of the time. I mean, I don't know. What, obviously, the defensive home is not for sure, but I don't know what else the Tigers need to see because what do they got you know, around him or to block him offensively. You know, you can find a lot well, of spots to put a bat that's producing.
1: They've been better than the White Sox, which maybe isn't saying much, but they've actually had a decent. <laughs> yeah. They, all the jokes are about how the Tigers are better than the White Sox this month, but the Tigers have not had a horrendous month. They do battle, they don't hit, but the pitching, Chris Fetter, their pitching coach, he knows yeah. how to get the most out of his staff. He's a really good coach. He should be a manager, oh, yeah. I'm telling you. If he wants to be a manager, he could be. But their their offense is awful. So you're right. Justin yeah. Henry Malloy, who, our guy, by the way, if you never saw it, if you're new to the show, we interviewed Justin Henry Malloy last fall at the Arizona Fall League in his living room. It was very nice of him to do so. And he was hitting 391 as of a couple of days ago, leading the International League at AAA for the Toledo Mudhens. And I was thinking, Ben, I'm going to – you know, Toledo's 45 minutes for me. To, i got to run down there and catch a game and see if I can catch up with him because I, I really – once he gets to the majors, I mean, these guys just, they go to another level and they get surrounded by the MLB PR team. And I'd like to let him know that we're yeah. really proud of him. He, he's killing it. And I'm really hoping that he gets a shot with the Tigers this year. I drafted him in a DC because I thought he might. I really did. I believed in that bat, just the bat alone.
2: Yeah, Got a 500 OBP right now. 505. I mean, getting on base at a 500 clip. That's what else can you do offensively? Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. So we're not gushing for
1: no reason. He's got the talent. He's not just some minor leaguer. we like him as a person, but he also has the talent. He was one of the Braves top 20. Right. And the reason they gave up Joe Jimenez to bring him in is because, you know, Scott Harris and company knew, Hey, we have some major holes offensively on this Detroit Tigers Mm -hmm. overall organization and Malloy can help us. So, I, I'm really hoping that we can see him by the summer. That'd be awesome. Or even just later on in the year. Give him a shot. Let it see. Let it see how it plays out. I, I'm really excited. Okay, I don't want to get too excited. We love doing the show. I got to do another show. My friend's waiting on me, so I got to run. Uh, ben, great show. We're glad we get to talk. This is what we're doing now. So if you guys have questions, email yeah. the show, Palazzo podcast at gmail.com. Palazzopodcast at gmail.com. We can answer your emails. You talk. Two L's. Two, Give me Z's, two. Or you can hit us up at the Discord before a show. That's totally free. The link's in the description, yep. and we'll take your questions. Uh, we we'll, we could do a Discord show next week. Uh, whatever we want to do, it's pretty open forum here.
2: Yeah, yep. So, all we're right. kind of back to being able to talk to all the miners.
1: So, yeah, you know, I love doing the series we did, but I'm excited we get to, we're in the season now, and it's fun to talk about what's going on in the season. Who's we're gonna hear more from Ben? Make sure you check out his work at Rotaballer. It's great stuff. We're going to hear more from him, too. As the season develops, we get some minor leaguers who are going to start to pop who we weren't paying attention to coming into this year. There's going to be guys, and I'm sure you already got your eyes on them, Ben. So we'll hear more about that. But until then, I'm Michael Govea. He's Benjamin Chase, the Plazzo Podcast. Thanks so much for watching, guys. See you in the Discord. Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects.
0: Say goodbye